This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. And I am Skylar Sokol. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a conglomeration of things surrounding physical games. Yes, that, physical That means copies like games. physical cartridges, physical discs, whatever. The, Just games the in the meat of space. Them, yes. We, so in previous podcasts, we've talked about topics that touch on this a little bit including one thing that i really want to talk about especially with the increase the recent increase to 70 dollars for lots Oofers. of AAA games the revenue distribution model that these yep. physical retail and like the difference between that and the digital space we have some, talked about this before so you may know already but we yeah well some, yeah last time again. we talked about it we used numbers from jesse shell's art of game design book of lenses book at the 50 dollar price point so today we have updated values for the 70 dollar price point and we also have a conversation i also broke down some number or some numbers around um, comparing that to what the digital distribution is and, you know, why will these, will people continue selling physical games into the future? If they do, what yeah. will that look like? But then also a little bit of our experiences, like let's start actually there before we get into money stuff. Skylar, what is your best, your best memory surrounding like buying a game at a store? Do you have one? Uh, I mean, I've done like, oh yeah. Actually, I don't remember what this midnight release was for. Maybe it was for Mario Odyssey. Uh, okay. It might Where'd have been. You go oh, no, for maybe midnight? it was for Smash. Maybe for okay. Smash. Uh, I don't go? know. Fucking GameStop or some shit. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my friend, uh, Tom, we got... Um, we g- went to the grocery store because we had like a while to wait. We got some fucking humble fog cheese, which is my favorite <laughs> kind of cheese. Uh, we got some crackers. I think we may have even gotten like some champagne or some shit. Oh, I don't shit. remember something. And How, we just when was sat- this? Which which Super Smash was it? Like the Switch year. one, I think. The maybe. Switch one. Yeah, Damn, that I was think recent so. then. Yeah. So it's recent. Okay. Either either that or the Wii U one. One of the two. Um, and so we got that shit. We were in the car. We just sat in the car outside GameStop. Ate. Humboldt fog cheese on crackers, drank some like delicious drink, and waited for midnight to grab our game. <laughs> no, that's sweet. You know, <laughs> I probably my favorite midnight release story was the one for Master Chief Collection in 2014. It was like really snowy. Went to Park Meadows. Park Meadows was like completely closed except for the Halo kids. I won like a hundred dollar gift card to like the Microsoft uh like music thing i don't know whatever the fuck and anyway so that was my favorite midnight release but my favorite experience buying a physical game was actually when i was a kid i must have been like eight or nine or even younger potentially but it was buying we we bought dragon ball gt final bout on the playstation one but to play this on the playstation one you needed to get a mod chip installed to be able to play the games from japan so uh my my mom took us to I don't think it was GameStop, but it was like GameStop was at the time. Was it Game Force? Oh, maybe. Maybe. That sounds right. That yeah. sounds right. That's a local game shop. 
So Game Force had this, first of all, they had this fucking like blueberry like wax burner in the back. Smelt so fucking good every time you get it. So what I remember is going in, smelling the blueberry, uh, bringing in my, I had the little PS mini, PS1 mini thing, uh, getting the, getting it back from them after the mod chip had been installed in Gang Dragon Ball GT Final Bout. Oh was the best man it was so i think there the the whole like it was hard to get and everything like that was part of it but i remember i was so excited to to get that and play that and uh and at the time the dragon ball gt final bow opening is still so good so good like the little opening in your memory yes and it will continue to be so so it's probably my favorite um now let me ask you what what console or, I mean, PC can be included here, but I'm guessing it's probably going to be console. Hey, like, your favorite physical experience, if you will. So, for example, like, the GameCube was this little bitty cube with these tiny discs. Did you like that? Did you like the Nintendo 64 with big-ass cartridges? Did you – do you hate all in your happy digitals here to stay? Um I mean, I don't really care. I think the biggest problem is just, like, losing games. Like, just the chance that you might lose them. Especially with, like, Game Boy cartridges, for example. Could be hard to keep track of. Especially, like, Game Boy Advance cartridges. Um, Even, like, Switch cartridges are the same shit. Like, it's so easy to lose them because they're, like, SD card size. Um, True. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I... Physical games are fine. Like, they're hype, right? Like, it's fun to have the disc and own it but i don't know since i became like a steam digital pc gamer like i really stopped caring about physical copies like at all just because like who the fuck cares right i just want to play my game i don't need a physical copy granted i do own one exciting physical copy game which i will grab right now oh exciting exciting yeah here in chat we have a few people sean saying when i was a kid i used to skip lunch save my allowance and bike to the gamestop close by to get used games for ds slash gamecube because my parents always thought me having more games equals me playing more which of course isn't true is it just more games that you didn't play sean (laughs) the dragon ball gt sato asks yes on the playstation one dragon ball gt final bout i think was the only dragon ball gt game available uh link saying psp oval discs in a case yeah if we're talking about like my favorite cases Ooh, that's an interesting question we'll have to ask skyler too when he comes back it might be the xbox 360 cases but not 100 percent sure you know what probably my favorite medium was was like back in the playstation one discs where you had like four discs for a game like the final fantasy game came across like four discs that was dope. You get this big fat ass like CD case with four CDs and it flipped open or whatever. Yes. I love getting GBA games with the manual in them. Reading that shit like three times on the car ride home. Getting super hyped to play. That's what's that. Sean, I don't know about you. Right now, by the way, for those who are listening, I am t- interacting with um, people who are live with us on Twitch. They, the chat is talking to us and giving us all this good stuff. Uh, I um, remember that too, Sean. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. My favorite thing was I, I think N sixty four physical copies were great too. Those uh, the cartridges, those packaging, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They had really good box art, and then the manuals were my favorite part. Honestly, manuals are my absolute favorite part of physical games by far. Like, there's one thing I miss about physical games is it's that. So I can't find my the main thing that I was looking for. I don't know where it is. I can find it another time, but I bought so. Uh, Edmund McMillan released physical editions of all of his games. That's the creator of Super Meat Boy, Binding of Isaac, 
And <laughs> this is called The Basement Collection, which is all of his er- earlier games. Uh-huh. It's signed by him. That's cool. Sick, sick box art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I have I have one of these for this for Binding of Isaac and for Super Meat Boy, and they're all physical copies of those games. Sweet, is that what you were trying to find? Yeah, gotcha. Wow, and I did, I don't even know if I've opened this, but in here, there's the disc. We I got a disc. It's got cool like black and white art on it. I got a sticker of Gish. Nice, <laughs> got, nice. Gish. I, don't know what I this just watched is. a video on that one. I don't know what this is, but it's signed by Edmund McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> It's Ed hanging out in his living room, literally. Yes. And then also there's this, which has a Steam key. I'm not going to show it. A Steam key to get the basement collection. So you don't even need to use the disc if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that's actually an interesting point of conversation that we should talk about. Yeah, um, we will. And then also here's like some of his like original concept oh, drawings oh, that's for cool. his games. That's cool. Yeah, see? Yeah. So like that shit, like cool collector's items from physical games are like all i really care about nowadays yeah you know something that went along with it's not directly correlated and they definitely still exist but back in the day i felt like you know during the era where physical games were more of a thing there was less internet being a thing which subsequently meant guides were more of a thing like i used to buy guides for all of my big Prima official strategy guides you like i still remember dude i wish i still had that final fantasy 7 guide and like the smell like you just crack open those yeah. guides and it smell fucking good we had a we had a smash bros tournament at work and i got second place in it smash your ultimate like the newest one yeah, yeah and yeah. i got a prima official strategy guide as my prize for smash ultimate and it, oh, it was very sweet like nostalgic wait you reply back to sean let me show you my favorite physical cool. thing yeah so another thing um Aside from that's like the coolest collector's edition I've bought for sure game wise, but I have so many manuals at my house. I'm I guarantee it like of so many games. Um, you show us your favorite collector thing and then I got a question for you. Two things. So this is the steel edition of Halo 2. These signatures are important. And this is the Halo 5 one. These signatures are important. These are like uh, Ogre 2, for example, largely regarded as the best Halo player ever. Roy But Borg these aren't things that there. came with your copy, right? This was... The game was in here, right? But, like, like, but, but the, the, you didn't buy this with no, the no, signatures no. on no. it. But the, right. yeah. So that, that's My, not like actual physical game shit, right? Like you could have had yeah, anything no, Halo-related and got Now, inside. on the Halo 5 one, though, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't have all of the stuff here. But basically inside of here, this one was kind of cool. You had the disc. This is actually <laughs> similar to you as in like you didn't need the disc oh look i have a scooby-doo in here right now too <laughs> but then there was this like metal guardian that you could build it wasn't bad it wasn't bad so okay. um those yeah, are probably is, that's another huge issue with physical games is you just uh, like you pull one out you put it in the other game box like i've had games where i've opened the box like i have all my gamecube games on a shelf because i sometimes use them i'll open a box like to play one of the games and there's just like a completely different game in there and i have to go on yes. a fucking hunt through every single game box to find the one yeah, let me. I'll start that. Like, am, how do you feel about the fact you've already mentioned it since you went like to Steam and became a uh, sweaty PC gamer? You don't really <laughs> mind it that you're all digital. I'll, no, yeah, gonna, I, I do not care at all. Like, I'm gonna 0% agree, care. honestly. I'm going to agree. The only things that I like want to get physical are the collector's editions, for example, of the Halo games. But outside of that, 
I don't give well, two shits. Well, and here's shits. the deal, right? Like, I don't even care if that shit comes with the game, right? Like, I would just rather buy, like, cool extraneous merchandise for the games I love. It doesn't need to have the game. Like, it doesn't have to be themed around having the game in it. I don't care. So, in fact, when Halo 5 shipped that thing I just showed you, uh-huh. it just came with a card initially that was it the didn't digital even have code. A <laughs> yeah, people freaked the fuck out, and so they started putting CDs in. But That's yeah, so I, funny. I agree with you. Like, uh, there is something about it. This maybe this is where we can start getting into the numbers here a little bit. But like, well, here, here, I have one more question before we get to the numbers. Go, go. So one of the big things that's happening now with physical games is very often. You buy a physical game, and Rollick is actually the one who brought this up earlier for me to ask about this. You buy a physical game, and then you bring it home, you put it in your system, and then you gotta basically download the whole game anyway, right? You get like day one patches, you sometimes even just download the whole game, you like install it onto your Xbox, and then the disc is basically trash, right? Like, yeah, in some cases, this is true. In some cases, the devs are better about what's on the disc is actually pretty close to what you play game one. So they minimize that day one, you know, patching. Right. However, uh, in the event yeah, that you have... basically like the disc is DRM. For example, dude, if you fucking... Yes, hundred. that is exactly what it is. Um, like it does... I, I think this makes more sense for people who live like uh, in the Halo community. The people from Australia always make this a big deal because they have fucking awful internet like they they say like the best internet's like 20 megs down or whatever oh, like so i see you know for that from their perspective it helps whatever they can get locally on the disc helps however um you think like cyberpunk went gold right i think that right. was before the last goal you could like have to fucking totally redownload that game <laughs> whatever the fuck's on that cd ain't what like you're nope. gonna play that day one nope. <laughs> so yeah 100 percent. i totally agree um well and not only that but some like modern warfare i don't think that fits on a dvd i think you have to i think you have to download something anyway i think i'm sure dude it doesn't make sense like if you want both modern warfare and Warzone, i yeah, <laughs> I, don't yeah, think, yeah. I don't think it fits on that dvd i'm not sure though so uh, so yeah. why do physical games still exist then like yeah, that's that's an interesting point. And I uh, Jesse Shell says in his book, if you follow the money, you usually find answers. <laughs> so give us give us the money and give us the answers. So here is if a game goes into retail for seventy dollars, I'm going to bring up chat here to the side so that I can uh, answer see them and answer any questions as it comes up too. But seventy dollar game, right? That's what we're going to use as the new normal. The, for, surprisingly, I, I did you expect going into this generation it was going to go up? I don't really I, think many people th- did, right? Like we were I don't pretty know if comfortable I could say at the sixty. I'm surprised. I don't I know agreed. if I would. You know, like I'm not surprised, but I wouldn't have predicted it. You know, honestly, what I thought is next time prices go went up, it was going to be eighty. So, oh, interesting. Um, they actually went a little bit under that, which makes sense. Um Surprised they didn't just go the sixty-five. I'm not sure. Maybe from a from a psychological perspective, they were probably like sixty-five and seventy is almost equivalent to people. Uh, Six. Let's, let's hear why this happened. Give me the. So the seventy-dollar uh, revenue distribution looks like this on digital. First of all, it's more simplified to give people a starting point. I think that's what a lot of people are more familiar with. You have the platform holder. If you're, for example, if you're on consoles or if you're on, um, like if you're putting a game out on steam and you're a developer and you're working with a publisher outside of steam right not steam the distribution is the platform holder takes 30 percent 
different yep. in some cases like Epic Store, but 30% will use this example. And then the publisher and developer split the remaining 70% usually at a 30 to 70 rate. Okay. With so the like developer the, getting 70. They get 70% of the of 70%. 70%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now in retail, this is much more complicated. So they're getting uh, like 59%. So, yeah, so in a no, in, in that actual case, if a seventy dollars game, if thirty dollars goes to thirty percent goes to the platform holder, it's twenty one bucks. The publisher takes thirty percent of the remaining seventy percent. That equates out to fourteen dollars and seventy cents. And the dev with the seventy percent of seventy percent is uh, left at thirty four dollars and thirty cents. Okay, right. so that's in that distro- digital distribution yeah. model. Uh, things are also different if you're working if it's first party, blah blah blah. But right. That's that. Now, in retail, there are more people getting money, okay? The money is getting divided uh, amongst more people. The, specifically, there's the retailer is going to get a chunk. The publisher still gets their chunk. The devs still get their chunk. Platform holders actually still get a chunk here. Like the PlayStation and Xbox guys get a chunk. The uh-huh. media manufacturer themselves also get a chunk sure. and the ad agencies and media that are involved, not just for the game, but also for the retail environment and stuff, get a chunk. So this is how it shakes out numbers wise, right? The retailer actually is going to end up with about 32% of the $70. Okay. Publisher is going to walk away with 20% platform holder. So in this case, Microsoft, Sony going to get 14%. Uh, and uh, media manufacturers are going to get six percent. So let, let's actually use Wait, dollar how much signs does the dev up to get? here. Dev is going to end up at sixteen percent, and ad agencies are going to get twelve percent. Oh so my god! Retailers are going Wait, to walk away. Why are there away. no ad agencies in the digital calculation? Shouldn't the ads still apply? Ad agencies and media get moved into like the responsibilities of the publisher and the thirty percent. Ad agencies in this case don't just mean. The publisher's part of ad agencies is also like the retailer's chunk of spending money to advertise the game being there and shit. Okay. Um, so yes. And again, this is a generalized, maybe right. high higher level breakdown that Jesse uses. There's always nuances in particular deals. Well, this is also his breakdown from what year? 2018. Okay. So pretty recently. Was so. the last time it was updated? So retailers get of the seventy dollars, a retailer gets twenty-two dollars and forty cents. Okay. A developer in the retail environment gets eleven dollars and twenty cents. Okay. Right. So half of basically what the this retailer is for a gets. Seventy dollar game. This is for a seventy dollar game. Eleven dollars. Now, if you look at the difference between sixty dollars and seventy for as a way of justifying the increase, right? A publisher in the in the $60 environment was getting 20%, which is equivalent to $12 in the $60 game uh-huh. scenario, right? The developer was getting $9.60, again, with that 16% shakeout. Bump it to 70 bucks, and all of a sudden, for every game sold, the publisher's going from $12 to $14, and the dev's going from $9.60 to $11.20. So, so, so do you think... Do you think, I mean, I think the answer to this is very obvious, I, would, I, I imagine, but do you think that the publishers or the devs were the ones who drove the increase to $70 per game? <laughs> well, I mean, as a dev, I'm sure you don't mind getting paid more, but I, I am sure the publishers are, usually it's, usually, usually 
from what I have understood in these agreements, the publishers are more the ones that are dictating what where things are going to land on and how they're going to go about getting getting them on those platforms and advertising right. those on those platforms. The devs just like literally just making the game, right? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think both both sides are probably happy with. I mean, I don't know money, but I, I think the, the devs is, are right, probably. Like, I think devs question- are probably more sensitive to the impact that's going to have on fans. Let me put yeah. it that way. Yeah, and I mean, the real question, right, is. I mean, games are way more expensive to make now than they used to be, right? I don't know if you have any data on this, on the price of actually making games, but that would be interesting to look into, right? Like, how much more expensive are games to make now? And Because I assume that alone would probably justify the price increase. Well, I uh, do not have a, a wide range of data, but as a Halo fan, nerdy Halo fan, I do know how much it costs to make Halo 5 and what the expected cost of Halo Infinite is based off of industry insiders. Halo 5 costs around $250 million to make, uh-huh. including marketing, right? Uh-huh. Halo Infinite is poised to be about double that. Hmm. So, 500 million buckaroos. Now, now Grant, they expect to probably sell more copies than Halo 5. Or at least they would well, hope. I they're guess they're going free to play. That's a whole other interesting wrinkle uh, in this in this this conversation. True, that sort of takes it out of this whole seventy dollar per game conversation. Yeah, that's another one. So so what? Here's some interesting correlations though between if we, if we analyze what the publishers getting in the seventy dollar retail environment, it's fourteen dollars, like we said before, right. right? Now in that scenario where the publishers getting thirty percent of the seventy percent on a digital distribution, they're only getting seventy cents more per game. So the devs are the ones that are really winning in the digital environment. Uh, totally, the, totally. The publishers are getting more or less the same. And if you think about it, if you think about it, advertising mechanisms up for digital distributions are probably, it's going to be more internet based and that's cheaper than mm-hmm. retail environments and physical media, uh, totally. TV spots and shit. That's way more expensive than, you know, running targeted social media advertisements or right. Twitch or affiliate, you know, uh, it's content creators to play your game or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, pay. Actually, I yep. will tell you. That there was a leak. Uh, someone leaked how much they were paid to play a game. Um, they were paid to play a game for one day, eight hours. How much do you think they were paid? It was a like AAA title. A big streamer. Yes. A million, maybe. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at it from the perspective of the budgets that these AAA studios usually have, it's like. I, I always think about Apex. Apex paid like. Oh no! Wait! No! Wait! No! Wait! No! Wait! No! Wait! I don't know if it was. Wait, was it? I don't think I, it was I, a million. Think, Hold on. I think Hold the on. ninja, the ninja twenty four hours Apex thing was a million. I think. Yeah. No, it was not a million. Hold on. Okay. You like said a million, and my brain was like, "Yeah, that's right," but that's not right. What? That's too much. You yeah. Think? Way, way too much. I don't think it's too much for like Ninja on Apex. You should. Ninja's that literally one. the most popular streamer in the world. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So that's yes. not a good comparison. But what I'm saying is, if you take even, if you even pay ten of ten huge influencers that much money, you're even, you're not even at one tenth the marketing budget of these AAA games. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So, yes. Um. Anyway, I'm, while while you're uh, looking get, that up, yeah, it's something like um, 
$50,000 an hour. That's a big boy. 400K up for a day yeah. of normal day yeah. of work amount it, of streaming. It, I think that's what they were saying. It's between ten dollars and $100,000 per hour, depending on the size of the streamer. I mean, yeah. The the conversion ratio for some of those, if you hit the right streamer and the right demographic, right? Like, it can be fantastic for a oh, game. totally. It could be like all the marketing you need, I so, would think. Yeah, so it just lends itself to the argument that maybe the publishers, you know, they don't... The other thing about uh, the digital distributions is that they're more and more taking up more of the uh, shares of games, the percentage of the games sold. For for PC games, I feel this is like less of a thing, especially for indie games, absolutely. But for the big AAA studios, uh, they there's uh, there's good metrics around how many physical copies of games are sold. The uh-huh. digital ones are still like sometimes kind of vague, but analysts think that they are now surpassing the physical amount right i wouldn't be surprised by that yeah so that's the other thing on yeah yeah that's the other thing so from for i'm i actually here's another here's what i was expecting to see was that there was uh the the publisher was going to be making a lot more money in a digital distribution format than compared to retail and uh, I was thinking, well, they could offer – imagine the environment. Imagine the scenario in which games at retail were more expensive than the equivalent game on digital. Yeah, so I was just thinking about that during this conversation. Like, I'm surprised that they didn't just raise physical copy prices and leave – or, like, go to 65 for digital and 70 for physical or something like that. But that didn't but, really happen. But now think about, like, if you are – if you at all know that that's a thing – that physical right. copies are why would you ever buy it right well then they just make like very small stock of physical copies and <laughs> well or uh, i thought maybe where you're going to go with that is like you need to add something to the physical offering right like so, um make it more along the lines of a collector's edition but not so much as not for so much of the price of one um kind of a thing i'm not yeah. sure you, there's the 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 reality in that kind of a situation though is that sorry guys one sec. your stream like goes away why it's been doing this lately i should probably try <laughs> reinstalling it <laughs> do you guys still hear me stream <laughs> hello sorry my discord exploded um, oh you're good just start it's funny, at it was around uh, the 26 minute about- mark again you're talking um, about how physical, um, how you could make physical, physical sales more compelling. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, start there. Yeah, so right now, I if I'm buying a sixty dollars game, I usually can think the collector's edition of a game is going to be around eighty min to like a hundred max, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, if you if the standard physical offering was something more akin to a collector's edition, but but was maybe like. If, it, if games are now seventy dollars, they're like maybe more like eighty-five bucks, but they had some really cool shit. You know, that's maybe a thing. Obviously, right. your your media, uh, the physical media chunk percentage of stuff is probably going to get more expensive. You know, and that whole retail distribution, that six percent, that yeah. media manufacturing guy is probably going to go up. But but let's be honest, like the game, the developers and the publishers are making more money from digital copies, so they're mo- they're not really motivated to try and enhance the allure of the physical copies really 
They're more motivated to make the digital copies more appealing and slowly let the physical copies die. Just support it as much as they need to to not lose out on sales. But really, I think they don't care about it dying. Yeah, I think it's just another thing of... So like, oh yeah. So why do you think they continue having retail offerings? I just think because there's still a lot of people who don't really understand the digital marketplace. Yeah, there's definitely still an amount. I think for a hundred percent that obviously, like, there's still a huge segment of the market, especially the uh, not tech savvy parents. Right, yeah. If you're like, hey mom, can you buy me the sixty dollar game? Just enter your credit card into my Xbox. Your mom's probably going to be like, fuck, yeah. no, I'm not I doing mean, that I mean, we hear shit. it from people in the Discord, right? That there's parents who are really hesitant around very not dangerous online things, you know? Right. It's just because it's an unknown and whatever. It's a lot different for them, a lot more different for them to just go, uh, they're at the store. I think it, at, they're at the store, They there's the copy of the game, they buy it, like, they get that, right? Yeah. Um, I also think, though, one reason why I feel like they won't ever go away completely, like maybe the the medium will, like that you won't get boxes anymore. It'll just be a gift card or something. But the reason why I don't think they'll ever go away completely from the retail environment is because you still want to be when the when the consumer get hits that mindset of like I want this thing right, which could be influenced by the experience they're already having in the store, right? Like they have the cool setups, Best Buy. You know, Target. They're conv- they're trying to already psychologically convince you into like you should in- spend money on entertainment stuff right now. And if you get into that mode where like, yeah, and I wish I had something new to play, you want to be there, like as a business, like you want your offering to be there. So you want a gift card of your game or some shit like there, right? Even um, if it's very minimal. Yeah, like, even if it is, it is functionally like literally just a gift card. Right. But right. imagine how those pricing charts would change if all a company had to do was put a little fucking card with a code on it in a store yeah rather than that box i mean you just i did the medium guy the guys who are making the physical media stuff are the ones that i'm wondering like you know hopefully they pivoted their businesses into i mean they should be right they should all be pivoting to digital like shit like yeah 15 years ago when the music industry started going streaming and and now like dvd and movie industry right is totally going that direction yeah there's and video games are following for sure i think that 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 especially in a world of data caps that whole like if a game actually had the game on it if the disc actually had the game that i need to have downloaded on it and i plug it in uh that would maybe be a compelling reason for maybe know, some i think data caps are going away soon though probably or at least changing i hope so i can't we'll it's not really bucks. sustainable considering like the speeds of internet are getting to right um all right anyway where can people find us uh actually real quick before we finish we have to get to our patron oh yes quality time question of the week yes special patron quality time question of the week yes for those Uh, who don't know the patron theme song now patron 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 yes <laughs> so right. well, yes uh, for those who don't know our patrons get a ton of sweet benefits including free merch and free stickers and inside look at the games and behind the scenes content which we in fact we posted today little peek behind some the scenes anthony's secret notes <laughs> yes some uh some game related stuff um but in addition uh we choose one question from our patrons every week to answer at the end of quality time so the one I like the most from Sand Squid this week, uh, Mr. Squid Max on Instagram, 
is how much are you guys willing to spend on a video game? Because he says, I'm spending a hundred Canadian dollars now for a triple A game like Call of Duty. What's your answer on that one? Um if I know that the game is going to be extremely good and is going to appeal to me directly, then I will spend it doesn't really matter how much it costs at that point. Like I'm probably going to buy like a $200 sound Voltex controller soon so I can play this Japanese rhythm game at my house. Uh, okay. So you would so so if if the game itself was 199, right? But you knew you were going to love it. You would you'd be fine. Uh, well, probably not if it was all digital, but the fact that this has like its own extraneous controller makes it that way. But as far as like buying a full price AAA game right now, I will do that if I know the game is going to be really good. Like Cyberpunk, I'm happy to buy at full price. Okay. But well, except for maybe their bad management practices, but that's a separate separate podcast. Um, but but yeah. in general, for indie games and stuff like that, like n- I. I expect the price to be around what like the content of the game is offering. Like there was a game, there's a new rhythm game by Harmonix that just came out called Fuser. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a DJ rhythm game. It's sixty bucks if you want all the songs. It's eighty bucks, and then if you want the extra extra songs, it's another twenty bucks. So it's like a hundred bucks for this game. That's basically comes down to like a simple DJ rhythm game. That's not even like super complex. And I think the reason is because of all the licensed music, but I don't give a shit about mm. that. So like that is not close to worth it to me. I would probably pay 20 bucks for that game maybe, right? Ooh. So it really depends. Now you you just talked about Cyberpunk as if as in full price being like you know pr- or pretty high price. So let's say that's a $70 game. Right. Would you eat if you really let like cyberpunk, would you pay more than 70? Um, I mean, maybe not in the current landscape. Like I just wouldn't understand why it was being priced higher, but in a vacuum potentially, right? Like the amount of hours of content promised in that game, plus like the amount of work that's gone into it. Plus like the graphical fidelity and the gameplay elements make me think that is likely going to be a very high quality game. Granted, if it was like a hundred bucks or whatever, I'd probably wait until I saw reviews or quality like about analysis of the game to do that. But if I had all of that information, then I probably would. What about you? So my answer is, um, the the value I find that I get from games is boiled down to two main metrics. My the strength of the let's say emotional experience or the amount of hours I get out of playing it. For example, I would if it, this is a little unfair because it's in hindsight, but if I had somehow a better notion of the amount of time I would have, how much I would have enjoyed Rocket League, I would have easily paid a hundred dollars for rocket league and right? granted, that's been why i've been willing to buy a lot of cosmetics and shit in rocket league right, right? and support their like uh yep, add-on model right because i feel like i'm getting so much extra value out of the game and i remember when Brittany was playing red dead redemption 2 i felt like the quality of that experience was worth a hundred dollars too i told her like if if this game would have been a hundred i think it would have been fair um, right now uh, there are probably, it's probably only a Halo game, a good Halo game 
like a that I was confident in that could push me like I wonder in infinite I'm probably going to spend so much money like oh yeah oh, you know, we, that, we all know you are don't worry you're gonna, gonna give away that. shit in infinite I, oh, I know I'm gonna, gonna get that like you know battle pass whatever the fuck they have and all that you're shit you're gonna get like three of the battle passes on three separate I mean, accounts this is this is the this is probably what's justifying them to go free to play because they have the whales the the metrics that confirm they have the whales because like as an example for Halo 5 I bought a limited time Halo 5 Xbox One console I bought the collector's edition in addition to that for mine so between those two things already you're you're looking at 750 bucks and then uh, that does not include the amount of money I spent on microtransactions through the way for cosmetics right. and stuff. Well, yeah, because the microtransactions are the big thing for the yeah. I, play I, model. I bought right. I bought um, the the thing though. I think like in the case of Halo, Halo as a franchise is like you have a older demographic, you know, that's really engaged with your brand, like people like me who have money, who you just put the right shit and they'll buy it you know so um maybe it's different for different franchises but like yeah for halo in particular i would probably be willing to spend more north of a hundred dollars if i didn't if i I knew it wasn't shit honestly if it was just okay i probably still would (laughs) right no totally um anyway okay so where can people find us you can find us although i was gonna say KOKoalaEntertainment.com, but the, the reality is the kids these days, websites are for boomers. Nobody uses websites, but you can go to KOKoalaEntertainment.com. It's convenient because there you have links to all our social media, whatever you like, Twitter, Instagram, uh, which by the way, right now we are giving away an Xbox Series S over on Instagram. Uh, it's going to go out through next, this, this coming Sunday or yeah, we either choose the winner on Sunday or on Monday. I can't remember the date, but we are going to try and ship it out overnight to, especially if you're in the United States, we'd love to get it to you before Thanksgiving. So get in there, uh, win it up. Is this the last console we are going to give away? Oh, I'm not going to confirm so. or deny it. <laughs> My wallet hopes so. <laughs> it's okay. Well, you know, I, I don't know. Well, I'll get some like, you know, mortgage payment back and that's Great. how we'll find it. Yeah, yeah. Great. Anyway, no, we, we are giving that away right now on Instagram. We do giveaways every three weeks on our Discord where you should join us because that's also where our, uh, the first hints of the, of our upcoming game come out, especially yeah, on Discord's the Discord's the place front. to be. Discord is the place to be. Uh, so, yes. Yes. If you are yep. listening to this right now on audio, know that we go live every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern with a new episode of Quality Time Podcast. Uh, and it's always a good time. You could be cool like the people who we've been shouting out in chat, and you could get shouted out live and become internet also, famous. as we mentioned, Patreon is new. Yes. If you enjoy our content in or if uh, in any kind of a way we've ever brought any value to you and you would be so gracious as to be able to, generous as to be able to support us on Patreon, we'd appreciate it thoroughly. You get all kinds of cool benefits. Uh, we have uh, a link at, on our website. We also have a link in our link tree on all our social medias that you can find there too. You can you also benefits. just search for KO Koala Entertainment Patreon. Yep, we're there. <laughs> benefits include free merch, free stickers, behind the scenes action access as we get closer to the game all kinds of good shit so if you back at the ten dollar tier it basically pays for itself you're basically yes. just on a payment plan for our 
cool if, ass merchandise. This hoodie if that I'm wearing right now, if you were to get this hoodie through the store and get the two stickers that you would get over the six month time frame in a Patreon, you if you're a United States fan, you are literally only going to be paying five dollars more than what th- those things would cost you through the merch store. So yeah, you're $5 making almost over all your money back. Six months. Yes, over six yeah. months. And <laughs> it, if you're Canadian or if you're an international fan, you technically actually make money in value off of it because we save money on the shipping. So it's fantastic value if you're at all interested in the merch. That is definitely the way to get it. So, yep, hundred cool. percent. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening. See you Until next week. Next time. Bye bye.